What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another installment of Crime and Wine. How are you today? Yes. In this past week. Yes. I don't think it was a yes or no question. I think that's all I got. He's <laughs> going through something. It's not, it's not a going through. It's just I mean, it's, when I say going through, it can be minuscule to tragic. <laughs> it's just it I live in New York. It's just always a lot of stuff happening. It it'd be a lot of stuff going on. You gotta have 57 jobs to live here. It just be a lot happening. So I'm always tired. That's all Girl, it is. I ain't gonna hold you. That's the big thing. And I'm like. Bitch, do you want to leave the Midwest? Like, that's how I be thinking to myself. Like, do you, you sure you want to leave? <laughs> them coastal cities ain't no fucking joke. <laughs> I mean, I just be tired. That's like the story of anybody that lives in New York, they're always tired. Like, a perpetual state of tired because <laughs> it takes an hour to get any fucking where. It's like... Well, that'll piss me off. Because whether you that driving or me. on the train, it's going to take you an hour. It's just... Yeah, that time when I got pissed off and almost missed my damn flight because I took <laughs> fucking an hour to go five freaking blocks. Yeah, was, like it's mm. it's just a perpetual state of tire. That's just... I was just. <laughs> an angry individual. <laughs> I see. I see. Because that was a long time ago and I'm still pissed. It was. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in uh, your Oh, what is going on in my world? I'm actually cool. Uh, nothing extravagant. That's cool. Yeah, you know what? Nothing. Just trying to prepare for our next uh, event. That's it. <laughs> what are you drinking today? What's happening over there? What am I drinking? Okay, so it, from the looks of it, I don't think either one of us have wine today. No, but I have a special okay. drink. I have a very special so drink. So what I have, I kind of made it up and the name that I decided to give it was a Berry Melon Fizz. I'm not going to tell the the vodka that I use because they ain't paying me to do all that. But it is a vodka mixed drink is what I, I'll leave it at a vodka mixed drink. <laughs> okay. They don't need to know the, the name because them MFs ain't paying me. I mean, but we said, okay. Because we say the names of wines that's not paying us on here all the time, but I get you. Yeah, but this is crime and wine, so we want the wine, but the liquor, you better pay me. Gotcha. I understood. Wasn't fighting it. Um, <laughs> I actually am drinking, drinking I'm drinking an infused gin that I brought back from Switzerland. Well, that was brought back from Switzerland. And I, it's a berry infused gin. And it's mixed with a little bit of Sprite and it's very tasty. It tastes like summertime. What kind of berry? Raspberry and blackberry infused gin. Raspberry and blackberry are, well, blackberry is my second favorite berry, but it's up there. But raspberry, blackberry, and blueberry are my favorite flavorings of like everything. <laughs> actually hate blueberry anything. But you said what? I actually hate blueberry anything, but... I hate blueberries, but blueberries and shit. I got some blueberry muffins right chum. I hate blueberries. I hate blueberries and things. But mm -hmm. this is an infused gin. It's so good. I just realized they have recently started selling in the States. So I'm very excited because now I can have it all the time. Although I have to go a half hour to get it. But well, I'm going to have to figure out what that might be. I'll, let, to I'll tell you off. offline. I'll tell you offline. <laughs> Okay, so what's the story today? What is we talking about 
today. So today. Wait. Nice, not you said it the same way. Get out of here. <laughs> we gonna go to Wall Street today. You thought it's about me and Banks. You like Wall Street. Mm -hmm. I do, because I so, love the fighting. But we're talking about the king of Wall Street and the reason that we have Steve Madden. And the we the reason what? That we have Steve Madden. Steve Madden? Mm hmm As in the designer? As in the shoes? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's Jordan Belfort. I don't know no Jordan. Oh, you don't know Jordan Belfort. No, I don't know Jordan. What Jordan do? What Jordan do? Jordan, did a lie. Jordan was out here wild. Jordan crashed a, a helicopter on his front yard. We'll get a helicopter? I'm sorry. Jordan's wild. Jordan's a wild ass nigga. We'll get the people crash ATVs, cars, bikes, <laughs> motorcycles. This motherfucker drive a crash a helicopter. It, it, he's a wild ass nigga. We'll get the all right. Let's see what the hell happened with helicopter crasher. What's going on? So Jordan Belford, he is an entrepreneur. He was an entrepreneur. I guess he still is. What? Okay, because when you said it was, I'm like, wait, has he passed? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. He's still alive. Okay. Um, he was actually born in 62, so he's actually not even that old. He's not old. Okay. He's not that old. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was, he's what, 20 years older than me? Like, he's not really that old. Um, So he, but he's also a speaker and an author, and he was a stockbroker at one point in his life. Was. Was. He was born in the Bronx. Okay. He grew up in Bayside, Queens, not far from where I live. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Queens. <laughs> not shout out. I mean, I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> um, so, but they grew up kind of, you know, middle class. And he was like, I don't like this broke boy shit, right? Middle class, not broke. I mean, it's not like rich. But I mean, they wasn't, they was like. Lower middle class? Lower middle class. But that's still not broke, though. It's not broke, but it's too broke for what he wanted to do. We have unfortunately been broke. That ain't no lower yeah, middle class. It's just too broke for what he wanted to do, right? Understood. Understood. So that's he not... said, fuck this shit. He wanted to get some Average money. not for everybody. He said he's trying to get to the coin. So okay. in high school, him and his friend linked up and started selling Italian ices up at the Rockaway Beach. <laughs> okay. Italian ice is good. So between when he started this business in high school with his friend and the time he started college, they made $20,000 selling Italian ice at the beach. 20000 Wait, hold on. And this is, it's about high school for him. He was born in the 60s. He was in high school in what? The uh, 80s, 70s, 70s? Yeah. Um, uh, so $20,000, $20,000 when I was in high school was a lot. For a high school kid to have, and <laughs> I went to high school twenty five years after he did. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. But they made twenty thousand dollars selling Italian ice out of Styrofoam cooler. So you yeah. had a smooth thirty two dollar investment, and you made twenty thousand. That's, That's big for you. Bomb as shit, dog. Because it's like you charge five dollars per Italian ice at the beach, you straight. Like it's because it's at the beach and people gonna pay it because it's hot. People gonna pay like, it. People gonna pay for it. All you need is that kid to come up and say, "Mommy," and boom. 
And then even bigger than that, it's like going to the beach is like when I, talk, I always talk about people on vacation that money just ain't real. It's the same as when people go outside for like experiences, like mm-hmm. whether it's going to the beach or taking your kids to like the carnival or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just certain places you go and money just ain't real no more. Take the kids to Disney on Ice and see how much of that bullshit you walk out of there with. Girl, <laughs> Disney on Ice is a motherfucker. <laughs> it is. That shit ain't no joke. So he, you know, he went to college. He graduated with a degree in biology from American University. Okay. Which is kind of wild when you think about where he ended up. It's like, what? So <laughs> he planned on using the money from the Italian ice to pay for dental school, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he enrolled in the University of Maryland School of Dentistry. But then um his first day the dean of the school said to him the golden age of dentistry is over if you are here it's simply because you're looking to make a lot of money and you are in the wrong place all right so he said i ain't back and he left not bad because he was just there to make some money he ain't fuck, you know how, you know how it is when it's like you don't know Absolutely. what you want to major in so almost everybody going into something medical because it's like you don't know what yes. you want to do, and yes. this is going to guarantee that you have a decent life, mm-hmm. whether yep. it's nursing or, and I'm not saying everybody that go into medicine go into it because they don't know what to do, but people who go to college and don't know what they want to do almost always end up going into medicine, social work, or teaching. Mm-hmm. Almost always will happen because those are the guaranteed ones, you know? That's mm-hmm. just how it goes. <laughs> so... When he left college, he became a door-to-door seafood salesman. He was selling meat and seafood, seafood. door-to-door okay. on Long Island. Okay. Let that marinate for a second. <laughs> seafood? I mean, I guess they still sell seafood at steaks door-to-door. Well, not really door-to-door. They just kind of... I mean, they sell it through the mail. I mean, I do yeah. remember when people used to come deal to, like Omaha Steaks used to come yes. door-to-door. I remember it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. That damn truck. And everybody had a fucking truck. Nobody had a car. Everybody had pickup trucks. And they would come to your damn house with this steak, just like they did them damn knives. And them coolers. And just be like, let me show you these cuts of meat. And it's like, this don't feel safe. None of this feels safe to me. Like it's (laughs) so he said that his business was a success and he grew the business to employ several workers and so 5,000 pounds of beef and fish a week. Okay. But ultimately, the business failed and he filed for bankruptcy at 25. All right. Because, you know. According to his memoirs, his interviews, a family friend helped him to find a job as a trainee stockbroker at LF Rothschild. Belfort said he got laid off because the firm experienced some financial difficulties related mm-hmm. to the stock market crash in 1987. You know, the Black Monday crash. Okay. When literally everything fucking exploded. <laughs> okay. So, the first time. Shit. The first time. Well, not even. I can't even say the first time. Because I said not even the first time. The first time in our life. Let's just move on. Right. <laughs> yeah. The first time in our life. <laughs> I'm gonna say that because I can't even say person. This shit been right. and we keep doing it because we don't learn. Anyway, <clears throat> so then he founded Stratton Oakmont as a franchise of Stratton Securities, 
And he later bought out the original founder of Stratton Securities eventually, and he came to own the whole thing at mm-hmm. you know, later in down the line. So Stratton Oakmont functioned as a boiler room of such that marketed penny stocks, you know. Penny he, stocks, here we go, okay. And really was ultimately a pump and dump situation they was just doing pump and dump stock sales over there mm-hmm. during his years at stratton bedford belford he led this super lavish life parties and this is where he found coke oh of course isn't that where they all find it he 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 started with coke didn't really like it and then switched over to quaaludes what the hell? The fact that he's never mind. Go ahead. He likes Quaaludes better. That became his drug of choice. The Quaaludes was his shit. Okay. He of course became addicted to Quaaludes because why not? You know, mm-hmm. this is what mm-hmm. they do. Of course. So Stratton at one point employed over a thousand stockbrokers and was involved in issuing stocks totaling more than a billion dollars, including billion. Yeah. Okay. Including the initial public offering of Steve Madden. Okay. The founder of Steve Madden was kind of brought in as kind of a shell company to cover up for the pump and dump. It just happened Mm -hmm. to work out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because they were they knew each other. You know what I'm saying? He was trying to get his company. It this is always a fun fact in Steve Madden's history because the way they never talk about this. Mm-hmm. Of course, why would they? That makes too much like sense. It's just so funny when you find these random little plot points in company history. It's like, hmm, we skip over mm-hmm. that page, huh? They must be stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising, let's be honest. So then, of course, law enforcement got to come in to target this firm because they like, um, what we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? The whole time this firm was open, everybody was like, bro, what is happening? You can actually, there's actually two movies based off this firm. Mm-hmm. Boiler Room, which came out okay. in 2000, and I actually really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. And The Wolf of Wall Street, which came out in 2013. Yes, I've seen that one. So you know his story. Is that his? Is that Jordan? That's Jordan. Oh, because when you Leonardo, said Penny Stocks, I immediately thought Wolf of Wall Street. Leonardo DiCaprio is playing Jordan Bell. It's been a long, I've only seen it once, and it was like when it first came out, so... I so don't remember saw him crash the helicopter. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, because he was high on Quaaludes. He crashed that goddamn helicopter. <laughs> but that motherfucker thought he drove home safely. There yes. you go. What? Yes. <laughs> the next morning, shit, his car was, nigga, no, you didn't. <laughs> yes, he was, yes. He was wild. Girl, that he was, was wilding out here. <laughs> So he, Stratton Ogma was always on the investigation, like literally always from the National Association of Securities Dealers, now mm-hmm. known as the Financial Industry Regulator, Regulatory Authority. Mm-hmm. They literally started getting investigated in 1989 and they were investigated all the way up to December of 1996. I have to put my glasses on. I don't have my contacts in, but I also don't like to wear my glasses because the ring light, but I genuinely cannot. 
Like his I, I am struggling. No, I say, fuck it. You gonna see these with the reflection. I don't like the reflection of the light in my glasses, but I'm also I also have to realize I am basically 40 years old. I cannot <laughs> that realization is a motherfucker, ain't it? I literally cannot see. But <laughs> so December of 96, Stratton Oakmont was expelled from okay. trading stocks because finally they had enough to like be like all right you niggas is out here wilding and it put him out of business obviously he was indicted for securities fraud and money laundering in 1999 okay he ended up serving only 22 months of a four-year sentence it's like 22. we it's like we got to the to the crime fast right but that's because he do he did a lot. He's he a did little. a lot. He did. Um. So he served in ta- in California, you know, whatever, in exchange for a plea deal with the FBI for running the pump and dump. That's how he got twenty the twenty two months of the four year sentence because he took mm-hmm. a deal, and it <laughs> there was two hundred million dollars lost in this pump and dump. Two hundred million. Hmm. Well, you did say a billion before, so I guess two hundred million ain't nothing to a billion, huh? Right. He was ordered to pay back one hundred and ten point four million dollars that he stole from stock buyers. What happened to the other ninety? Listen, it went to the other people that worked for the company. He had to pay his. He had to pay them people something to work there, right? Okay. Well, um, he actually served, shared a cell with Tommy Chung, you know, like Cheech and Chung. That's just <laughs> this weird fact that I thought was funny <laughs> while he was serving his sentence. And so Tommy Chong encouraged him to write a book. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he said that Tommy Chong is the reason why he became a motivational speaker and, and writer. Tommy Chong. Oh. Yes. And in a speech he gave in Dubai in May of 2014, he said, I got greedy. Greed is not good. Ambition is good. Passion is good. Passion prospers. My goal- There's a fine line. (laughs) My goal is to give more than I get. That's a sustainable form of success. 95% of the business was legitimate. It was all brokerage firm issues. It was all legitimate, nothing to do with liquidating stocks. Now, the reason why that quote is hilarious to me is because that's a whole lot of words for him not to say shit. He <laughs> didn't say a damn thing. And it's like, this, this has like ellipses in it because it was much longer. I said, there's no way I'm literally You reading. said it has an ellipses in it? It has about four because this shit was oh, hell. I was like, That's I am not much. reading all of these words because he's saying next to nothing. So I took the high points of this and put it together so you can get the general gist of it. meaning and gist. But right. I want to make sure y'all knew this is an abbreviated version of this very long sentence that says nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, it, it, everybody that's involved in this case, it was like Stratton Oakmont wasn't a real nothing. I don't know what he's talking about. There was nothing about this business that was legitimate. It wasn't figuratively legitimate, like actually nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so 
His restitution agreement required him to pay 50% of his income towards restitution to the 1,500 clients he defrauded until 2009 with a total total of 110 million in restitution further mandated. About 10 million of that 110 million has been recovered by the victims as of 2013 as a result of sale of forfeited properties. I don't know how much he's paid back to this day. Um, It's kind of like, I kind of looked to see if anybody mentioned it and nobody really, I could, well, at least not that I could find if there's somebody out there in the, the Google verse that's better at Googling than I, I can <laughs> that can actually find if he paid everybody big. I highly doubt it. Do they ever? The thing Let's be about, honest. The thing about him is that I kind of think he has. I don't. I have zero, zero faith. Not a stitch of faith do I have it's all been paid back. See, not because he wanted to, because he's, I think he just really likes being famous. So no, I don't think he paid it back. He'd be more famous for not paying it. Mm. No, I have zero faith, none. Because I feel like had, I feel like if he hasn't, because he's such a he's so famous, like literally everybody knows who this is. I feel like if he hadn't paid it back, that would have been news, right? Like just so people can, if for nothing else, for clicks. I could be wrong, but this is just what my brain is taking me to. That is marvelous that you have faith in these people. Oh, I don't. It's not faith in them. It's more just knowing that so many internet sources are just looking for clicks. So this is like the perfect clickbait story, you know? I guess. That sounds good. So in October 2013, federal prosecutors filed a complaint against them. Several days later, the government withdrew his motion to find Belford in default of his payments after his lawyers argued that he had only been responsible for paying 50% of his salary towards the restitution up until 2009 and not since Mm -hmm. (laughs) the restitution he paid during his parole period amounted to $382,910 in 2007 148,799 in 2008 and $170,000 in 2009. Following 2009, he began negotiating the restitution payment plan with the government. They better not negotiated a damn thing. They they did. Of course they did. Uh So <laughs> So he made the deal to pay the government a minimum of 10000 per month for life towards the restitution. A minimum of 10000 This motherfucker got to have a job job. <laughs> right, because 10000 a month is intense. <laughs> After a judge ruled that Belfort was not required to pay 50% of his income past the end of his parole, that's what they settled on, this 10000 a month. <laughs> Belfer claimed that he is additionally putting the profits from his U.S. public speaking engagements and media royalties towards the restitution, in addition to the $10,000 per month. 
That's what he said. But he be saying a lot of stuff. <laughs> Prosecutors also said that he fled to Australia to avoid taxes and conceal his assets from victims. Of course. Why wouldn't he? But then they recanted that. Yeah, whatever. Recant, whatever. And issued... They, they said this to the Wall Street Journal. Then they recanted it. They issued him an apology in the, the Wall Street Journal and requested a retraction. That it that that's weird. <laughs> I <laughs> so much of his case is so weird. It's just like everybody be it's like everybody has to start jumping out the window. Just to, this is why I'm like, if if to this day he still hadn't paid it all off, that's news. Cause everybody's been jumping out the window on this case anyway. I don't care. I still don't think he paid it off. So he said on his website that he intended to request 100% of royalties from his book and from the Wolf of Wall Street film be turned over to the victims. Oh, okay. June of 2014, a spokesman for the U.S. attorney said that his claims was not factual. He out here lying. That but he I mean, where would, it, where would it go? Like, is he just still pocketing it and then not still not paying? Uh, Yeah, that's what they're saying. Shit. He said he received the money from the initial sale of the movie rights and did not entirely put it towards his restitution. So it's like he's paying something, just not as much as he's claiming. He's claiming like, no, because I don't want to make money off this story because I hurt people and I'm changed. And they like lies, 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 lies. <laughs> so he got he's talking about making an nft and he's an investor in a in a couple cryptocurrency startups he's out here he wrote two books two memoirs one called the wolf of wall street and the other is called catching the wolf of wall street yeah then there was the film you know all of that we talked about that the first book he wrote a few days after he got out from prison. Okay. And then he got a $500,000 advance for that book. But the former federal prosecutor who led the criminal investigation said that he invented a lot of that, that book. And he, he made himself very much larger than life. They, he's like the, He was like, this book is a work of fiction. I don't care what he's calling it. <laughs> Shit ain't real. <laughs> he said, but they, they, the only part that's real is that he scammed thousands of people and ain't paying nobody their money back. <laughs> he's also out here doing speaking engagements. He has the main subject of his seminars is called the straight line system, which is mm -hmm. a system of sales advice. A lot of people was like, oh God, he needs to shut up. <laughs> but he gets about thirty to seventy-five thousand for speaking engagements. And eighty well, that's enough to pay because you gotta pay ten, right? And eighty thousand or more for sales seminars. Um He's been he was he's been married twice. The second wife is 
basically the one that the one that Margot Robbie plays in the movie. That's the second wife. Um, she said that he was beating her up. Okay. But you know, he was also addicted to Quaaludes in the 2000s. Cause what? I didn't even know he was still could buy Quaaludes in 2000. Didn't think it was a thing at that he point. Also, he also, because he was on Quaaludes, he out here fucking around. So, you know. <laughs> um, there he also owned a yacht called Nadine. The not the yacht was originally bought built for Coco Chanel. But okay. he, he was the final owner. <laughs> he renamed it Car Cardi? It's C-A-R-I-D-I. I don't know how he would pronounce that though. I would say Cardi, but I could be wrong. Um in June of ninety. Hadi. I don't know. Yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> and ah, June, ah. It sank off the coast of Sardinia. Oh no. <laughs> what <is it? laughs> oh no. <laughs> so he they were rescued by the Italian Navy Special Forces. He insisted. He said that he insisted on sailing out in high winds against the advice of his captain, re resulting in the sinking of the vessel when it smashed in oh gosh. And like waves smashed the foredeck hatch and, you know, created a big hole because he probably was high. <laughs> probably was high. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know. In the fall of 2021, he was a victim of a crime. Fall of 21? In the fall of 21, a hacker okay. stole $300,000 in digital tokens from his crypto wallet. And he better not be pissed. All the bullshit he did. And he also apparently don't like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. Is that surprising? And voted for Trump. Although he, it, said, he says he's a liberate hurt. I mean, the thing is, it's like the... <laughs> I don't. I, I, I when I saw that part, and the reason I included, I think it's funny. I don't think that he voted for Trump because of anything political. I think he. Thank you. I think he just can relate to the chaos. Like exactly. Think, like he is just. That's why I no lie to living in chaos that he's just like yes. That's why no lie people kill when they talk about liberal conservative with these politicians. Like shut up, y'all don't care about that. Stop. No, I just, I truly just think he's just addicted to chaos. And it's just, he like finds it very funny, funny. to create chaos yes. in everyone's life. Yes. I, <laughs> this man, it's like if you can, we could go into the antics that, that don't have nothing to do with the story, like him crashing the helicopter. <laughs> but it's it, just watch the movie because he that that scene when he fucked his car up. I ain't gonna lie. It's not funny, but it's funny. And do all kinds of wild ass shit. Anybody who know anything about those stock market, those like trading firms and those boiler rooms in the 90s know that that shit was just insane. Chaos. Like they would, it was just a whole bunch of everybody doing coke off their desk and, and everybody coke off the desk, yelling, very loud. And, 
what that say? Look at that. You come here, you idiot. It was just like it was they, they every, every fucking crazy. Way. There was no sense of it was it was a it was like a fucking frat house, like basically. And basically. he just oh my god, he was really out here wild. And this is what happened when you don't regulate the stock market. You get shit like this because. <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't regulate what now? Shut up. It's a stock market. Why you ain't just let it go? Like, you be doing the most. You couldn't just let it go. That one was funny. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Girl, done. Girl, stock market. I'm done. <laughs> but Wolf of Wall Street is a, is a good movie. I ain't gonna lie. I mean, like I said, I know I've only seen it once, but it was a good movie. I can't remember. I was watching it the other day, and that's when I remember we never did this story. I was like, how have we never talked about this one? <laughs> oh, yeah. already did. Well, thank you so much, guys, for listening to us ramble on about yet another crime. We truly appreciate you coming back and listening. Again, do not forget, we still have merch you can make for the purchases that you would like. You can buy that blanket to go ahead and have a picnic if you'd like coming up here. So yeah, it's, it's very soft. Perfect. It's very, very soft. It's worth it. It is very, very soft and it's rather large. So it's not just a two-person picnic. Even if you got a few children, they can come too. And anyway, on that note, we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Bye.